Uh, he began work at another drugstore and quickly showed to be a hard worker. He was running the entire drugstore very soon. The American dream. Murder two children and run a drugstore. That's it. Uh, no. No, it's yeah. not. That's it. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. Aaron, I'm leaving, and I'm taking pickles. You leave the cat out of this. He's sitting right there. What an asshole. Speaking of assholes, we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurish best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. And tell me, Aaron, who do we have today? Well, James, I'm glad you asked. Today, we're going to be relaying the life stories of two of the Midwest's most notorious criminals. John Dillinger and... Barack Obama. Oh, fuck you, sir. Fuck you. No, fuck. You know what? Never mind. This isn't a show with political drivel in it. No, sir. This is history. And gosh darn it, I'm going to tell these people some history. It's all I have in my life. Oh, believe me, I know. You don't have a girlfriend, a job, a home, or a well source of income. See, basically a history professor. <sighs> Plus, I do have a job, general labor on my sister's farm, and I have a home, the spare bedroom on my sister's farm. And also, I do have a girlfriend, okay? No, you fucking don't. Yes, I fucking do. I've never seen her. She goes to another school. Oh, fuck off. Oh, shit! Put them around here, quick! Who is that? It's a long story, just scrunch it out. Why? They can't see through the door. Shh! I know you're in there, Aaron C. and James D. Now open up. You have a lot to answer for. How does he know my name? Shit, shut the fuck up! I know what you're doing in there. You're laughing at ill-researched accounts of people in history. Is this a game for you? Is this some kind of fetish? Where will you get off in your conniving summaries and your ridiculous lampooning of academia? Why, you should be ashamed of yourselves. I'll be back for you. But know this, you won't get away with this. I will stop you. I will destroy you and your silly podcast. For now, I go to delve the true halls of history. What in the fuck was that? James, that was Lord History. Who the fuck is Lord History? Look, I know you have a lot of questions, but maybe it's better if we just talk about it after the podcast, because we gotta get this thing done. The podcast can wait. I want to know more about this Lord History. No, damn it! Jesus, okay. There's too much darkness, too much dust and dankness, too much research. I couldn't possibly... I will quit this show, so help me God. Fine. I'll explain. But only after we do the podcast. Fine. Whatever. Segway! This weekend, we're talking about John Dillinger and H.H. H. Holmes, and believe me, these guys have some crazy shit going on. I researched H.H. H. Holmes, and I now know there's such a thing as a murder hotel. Ah, uh, and I researched John Dillinger, and now I know that Johnny Depp was a decent, if not adequate, choice for the portrayal of his character in the movie Public Enemies. Hmm. So, let's head on down to the History Lab and get this shit rolling. Let's do it! Stay on your side. This is my side. Just stay over there. 
One was a brutal serial killer who stalked the Windy City by night. The other was a man who stole his countrymen's hearts by robbing and shooting them. In the battle of the minds, only one can win out as the paradigm of efficiency and evil. H.H. Holmes versus John Dillinger. Who will outcrime the other? Ah, it smells like crap down here. It always smells like crap down here. Pickle's fault. Cat can just go fuck himself for all I care. Right? Or at least put on some deodorant. I know. God's sake, he smells like a 12-year-old from the country. I don't know. It's rustic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a little rough. Uh, computer, bring up H.H. Holmes and John Dillinger. Affirmative, my lord. So, uh, what does H.H. Holmes look like, James? Yeah, let's look at him. Uh, Mr. Holmes, and to be clear, uh, no relation to Sherlock Holmes, as far as we know. Good. But oh. we could be wrong. Oh, okay. Mr. Holmes looks like a quintessential 19th century first-class citizen. Okay. A smile that could light up your world, oh. dazzling blue eyes that could oh. make mountains sing, and a bushy black mustache roughly the size of New Guinea. That is huge! It is huge. <laughs> it's a big mustache. All pictures of him also include a stylish black suit and a superb brown hat that just drips grace and elegance. Is it a bowler hat? Yes. Awesome. You yes. should... I was going to make yes. a joke about eating soup out of a bowler hat, because that's in the office, but I don't know. Um, we're not going to steal their jokes. No, we're not going to steal their jokes. So jumps. tell me, what does John Dillinger look like? Well, John Dillinger looks like a cocky son of a bitch. Mm. Pointy ears, Elf. butt chin, sweat mm. back hair, mustache, like a fuzzy caterpillar. So not quite New Guinea, but, you know, getting there. Fuzzy, fuzzier. They chose to remove the mustache from his appearance in the movie Public Enemies, ah. which is kind of funny, but also, in my opinion, great choice. <laughs> uh, so, huh. how about you start? Tell us about H.H. Holmes's early life. Let's get into it. Henry Howard Holmes <laughs> was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16, 1861. His original name, though, was not H.H. Holmes, but Herman Webster Mudgett. What a <laughs> god-awful name! <laughs> Mudgett. Herman Webster Mudgett to That's you. A, sounds like a fucking TV show for children. <laughs> Let's go to Herman Webster Mudgett's house. He'll sing the alphabet for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that sounds I was wondering, disturbing. I just thought to myself, it's he's got three H's in his change name, mm. and I was like, is H the sixth letter of the alphabet? But it's not. Uh. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, 8. So I wonder why he chose 888. But in the Latin alphabet, H starts with an I. Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> uh, anyway, Herman Webster Mudgett. Yep. No wonder he would later go on murder sprees. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was probably because of his birth name. Well, I, honestly, I've gone on murder sprees because of my name, and I won't tell you why. Because you don't know my real name, people. Hmm. Yeah. I do. Uh, don't James, kill me. James does. I'm not going to kill him. All right. Okay. There's a lot of speculation revolving around Holmes' early life. Some people claim he tortured and dissected animals oh, and was abused by his father. Well, fuck. However, <laughs> it doesn't look like these claims are very factual. Oh? Some also believe he single-handedly built the Transcontinental Railroad, what? but again, there's not much evidence for this. Uh, well, that's just because the evidence was destroyed by the government. Wake up, people! Sheeple, you mean. Sheeple. Wake up, sheeple! <laughs> In fact, it looks like our boy Herman Webster Mudgett actually had a pretty successful early life. Oh. At the age of 16, he finished school and became a teacher. Nice. Pretty remarkable. At the age of 17, he got married. Okay. The guy is wasting no time. No, sir. At 18, he enrolls at the University of Vermont, but soon quits because he is dissatisfied with the education. Okay. Yep. A few years later, he begins school at the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery. Surgery. Hmm. That's suspicious. Not going to say why, but it's a little suspicious. Yeah. Uh, he graduates two years later. Spoiler! 
His knowledge of the human anatomy benefits his later exploits. Ah, my knowledge of the human anatomy benefits my exploits. (laughs) 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 Put your pants back on. Fuck you, I want my pants off. It's hot in here. (laughs) It is hot in here. Anyway, as of now, Mr. Mudget is doing quite well. The future is his. The American dream is at his doorstep. A smart and handsome fellow like himself could be a governor. Or a doctor. Or an astronaut. Or a mass murderer who builds a giant torture castle. Who knows what will happen next. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Well, we're off to a great start with him. So let's pop on over to John Dillinger. Could could, could we take a break? You want to take a break? I... Yeah, it's so hot. Man. Okay, I want to get a drink of water. Let's let's take a break. Okay. We're gonna take a break because James is a pussy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and we are back to We Talk About Dead People. We're going to use this voice the whole time. Please no. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, the incense is burning, the water is cold, and we're back. Yes, we've got some incense going in here. This one's called The Moon. It's a transporting aromatic experience. We're actually here on the moon. Yes, we are on the moon. Uh, We we moved. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's talk about John Dillinger's early life. Tell me about it. So, John Herbert Dillinger was born in Indianapolis, June 22nd, 1903. And can we just take a second to talk about how lame Indianapolis is? I mean, it's like, (laughs) what should we name our big city in Indiana? Indiana City? Indiana Central? Some guy was like, Indianapolis. Great work, everyone. Go home. Come on. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Uh, Anyway, so Dillinger's parents were John Wilson Dillinger and Molly Lancaster. Uh, Dillinger's father was a grocer and was also apparently a bit abusive. Now, aren't most grocers a bit abusive? Yes, all grocers are abusive. You heard it here first, people. They always (laughs) look at me like they want to kill me. Uh, very well, could be because I yell obscenities at them. Oh yes, what? <laughs> Still, grocers. <laughs> uh, so he was a very spare the rod, spoil the child kind of guy. Oh, uh, was an avid churchgoer. Oh, um, Dillinger's parents called him Johnny, and later in his life, his nickname would be Jack Rabbit. Ah. because he was so damn good at avoiding the cops. Yeah, is that what bunnies are good at? They're good at avoiding the cops. Okay, yeah. <laughs> all Jack Rabbits are criminals. Everyone, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, Dillinger was a bit of a prankster and a thief. Nice. He was part of a neighborhood gang called the Dirty Dozen. Hmm. But you kind of expect this sort of behavior from a child who comes from a troubled home. Uh, Besides the abuse, his mother died when he was only three. And he was raised by his sister, Audrey, until she got married. Mm. You always got to be careful about being raised by your sister, Audrey. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dillinger quit school at age 16. Ah, and started working with a machine shop in Indianapolis. Huh. He rode a motorcycle to work, which is so badass. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, your guy's pretty cool. He's way cooler than yours. Mm. Uh, mm. But so apparently, fun. he was still committing crimes. Ah. Uh, he stole a car from a church parking lot, ditched mm. it, and was found wandering aimlessly in the streets of Indianapolis with a pair of officers, which is so sad. Um, He's so just I- walking around? Yep. They uh, questioned him about what he was doing, and apparently he was too vague for them. Hmm. Upon asking about the stolen car, uh, he didn't have a good story. So he was arrested, (laughs) but then he managed to get away. Ah, the jackrabbit. (laughs) I know. Uh, Unable to return home due to the fact that the officers had his name, he joined the Navy the very next day. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Yeah. So he sailed through basic training. fuck off. (laughs) And was assigned to the USS Utah, which was sunk at Pearl Harbor, interestingly enough. hmm. Uh, While serving, Dillinger realized that a life on the sea was not what he wanted. Mm. So, when the Utah was docked at Boston... Boston Corbett? No. Not going to put that joke in there. Uh, He jumped ship and swam for shore. 
For this, he was dishonorably discharged. Uh, I guess he kind of deserved that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go back to H.H. Holmes for a little bit. What's he doing? Well, Herman Webster Mudgett. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that name. <laughs> yeah, he did not keep on the straight and narrow path for long. Oh. His wife, Clara, soon left him because he treated her violently. Oh, what a fucking asshole. However, it doesn't look like they actually legally got divorced. Okay. He would later try to divorce her, but she never received the paperwork. That doesn't sound like he tried very hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mudgett does not let this hold him back. He moves to Moore's Forks. Moore's? M- Moore's Forks? Is that like a fork cow? It's spelled like Moore. 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 Moo. <laughs> I don't know. It's somewhere yeah. in New York. Uh, he moves there, but is forced to move away after the citizens claimed that he had seen him with a boy that had gone missing. Ooh. Ooh. Not oh, good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no charges were ever made, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> he then moved to Philadelphia, where he worked for a hospital for a little bit before quitting and then working at a drugstore. Ah, career upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, however, soon thereafter, a boy who had received medicine from the drugstore died. Fuck. And Mudgett fled once again. Uh, I'm getting a little suspicious about all these boys disappearing and dying. Mm, yeah, there's some yeah. sort of pattern. Yeah, super not cool. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, in 1886, Mudgett moved to Chicago and changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes. Good. <laughs> in order to distance himself from any previous crimes. Not good. <laughs> uh, he began work at another drugstore and quickly showed to be a hard worker. He was wow. running the entire drugstore very soon. The American dream. Murder two children and run a drugstore. That's it. Yep. Uh, no, no, it's yep. not. That's it. <laughs> uh, now in 19, or, whoops, 1893, the city of Chicago was the host city for the World's Fair, which was basically an international party celebrating the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering the New World okay. and murdering a bunch of natives. Yes, we uh, don't talk about that one. No. <laughs> no. We should do Columbus sometime. We should do. He's on the list, actually. Oh, yeah, he yeah. is. We'll get to Columbus later, people. Cool. Uh, Chicago. Blah, blah, blah. Chicago. Chicago, which was covered in soot and pollution, was painted over and remodeled in order to be prettier for the tourists. It was famously cited that the black city was made white. What? <laughs> We're not talking about race here, just paint. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, so calm down. Yes. Put down your torches, please. Yes. <laughs> so, everybody came to this World's Fair, or at least over 25 million people came. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot that's of a people. a fuck ton of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this meant that businesses and merchants also came, each eager to show their wares and inventions to the tourists. Mm. It also gave Mr. Holmes an idea as well. Why not make a giant torture castle in order to kill unsuspecting tourists? Jesus Christ! So that is what he did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, this is going to be depressing, I can yeah, already tell. just get ready. God damn it. His invention would later be fondly named Murder Castle. Oh my god. <laughs> and that is what it was. Uh, uh, construction began in 1887 and then lasted until 1892 or so. Wow. It was never completely finished, and thank God for that. Wow, so they just, like, <laughs> finished a couple torture chambers and then they stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into the, uh, the details later. Oh, great. So, the building was three stories high and had a basement. It took up an entire block and included towers that eerily resembled battlements. How the <laughs> fuck did he afford this? Uh, I guess he was operating a drugstore. He was, and he, yeah, I think he also stole money from a bunch of insurance companies oh, or, or tried to. Great. Anyway. <laughs> I really like this Holmes guy. He is the worst person ever. <laughs> oh, actually, here we go. Uh, during construction, Holmes routinely fired workers and hired new ones. The purpose was twofold. First of all, if he hired workers for laziness, he wouldn't have to pay them. Oh, what a fucker. Secondly, by regular refreshing the cycle of workers, he kept anybody from knowing the layout of the building. Uh, okay. Holmes was also engaged in several scams while constructing okay, this mansion. There, there it is. He did not pay the steel companies whom he employed, stole furniture from the furnishing companies, <laughs> and set the building on fire in order to collect insurance Jesus, claims. What an idiot! I, uh, I hate this guy! <laughs> I know! He's so bad! <laughs> 
A uh, few of these schemes actually succeeded. Good! <laughs> Fuck him! Yeah. Uh, in fact, they usually ended with Holmes being sued. Yes! Yes, justice! <laughs> okay. Uh, I have no idea how Holmes paid for all these endeavors. I found some evidence that he used dead bodies meant for scientific dissection for life insurance scams. Oh my god. It also appears that he hired or slept with different women. Women bought life insurance for them and then murdered them to collect the insurance. Holy shit! Maybe he had just saved up from working at the drugstore. I really don't know. Ugh. But the important and interesting thing is that he built the damn thing. That's really actually too bad that he finished building the thing. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this murder castle. Okay. Now first, before I begin, let's make a quick disclaimer. There are a million different sources as to how this place actually was. Some seem more accurate than others. This description seems to be in line with most of the descriptions, but it may not be 100% accurate. Okay, we have legally covered our asses. It doesn't exist anymore, so <laughs> this is a lot of it's speculation. Okay. Or hearsay. Anyway, so we'll go floor by floor. The first floor of Murder Castle. It was basically the disguise. It included a drugstore and several retail stores that Holmes rented out to different companies. Nothing suspicious here, right? Right. Yeah, of it seems not. like a nice place. Yeah, right. No. no. Uh, <laughs> second floor. <laughs> the second floor had multiple hotel rooms for visitors and tourists of the Chicago World's Fair. Some of these rooms were apparently normal, while others were um, not normal. Not. Normal. Okay, here's where things get pretty grisly. Ugh. The, sl the second floor had trap doors to both the first and third floor, secret passageways, a secret hanging room. Oh, for like paintings and things? Yeah. Uh, no, used hangings. for secret hangings of people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Much worse than a Picasso collection. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, it also had a bathroom that had a hidden staircase that ran to the basement, secret hiding places, staircases that would run to nowhere, doors that opened to solid bricks, airtight rooms that could act as a gas chamber, oh. blow torches built into several walls. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Blow torches built into the walls? Into the walls, so what? you could just shoot out fire. Whoa, so like he would just set people on fire? Uh, apparently. What the fuck? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, it also had laundry chutes used to transfer bodies to the basement. Uh, of course. Soundproof rooms, uh. walls reinforced by iron plates, alarms that would sound if certain doors were opened, and several windows that offered a great and beautiful view of the street outside. Uh. Nice, right? Well, it gets worse. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, third floor, top floor. The third floor included Holmes' personal living quarters, along with several guest rooms that were actually safe and nondescript. Okay. Of course, finding them was rather difficult. Oh. <laughs> the third floor was a maze. Hallways were tight. Uh, what? <laughs> Hallways were tight, were made with weird angles, and often ran to nowhere. Of course they did. Some rooms were always locked, and one room was a modified bank vault fitted with gas pipes that only Holmes could control. Oh, my God. Very comfortable, what? if you Okay, wait a second. How do you build a place like this with stairs leading to nowhere, doors leading to brick walls, blow torches in the fucking walls, and a bank vault on the third floor? I mean, how do you get away with that? Uh... LSD? <laughs> That's not how drugs work. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. He probably uh, voted for Hillary. Oh. A what? <laughs> uh, okay. We're not a political show. No, we're not at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about the basement. Okay. Uh, of course there's the basement. This is where the body shoots led to. Only Holmes was allowed in the basement, it seems. Down there was what you'd probably expect at this point. Uh, Quick lime vats to disintegrate bodies. You need those. A dissect... What? You need those to disintegrate bodies. You need quicklime. How do you know? I watched Breaking Bad. Oh. 
Uh, Shoot, I, that was a lot lamer than what I was expecting. You were expecting me to say I've used them to dissolve bodies. <sighs> not human bodies, wow. just mice. Live mice. Oh, God. Uh, okay, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get Cut back that. to that. <laughs> uh, Quicklime so- vats to disintegrate bodies, a dissection table, many surgeon supplies, and a large table-like invention, which uh, Holmes called the elasticity determinant. Oh, my fuck. This invention was later compared to a medieval stretching rack. Mm, of course it was. Fun stuff. Ugh. Ugh. So, well, uh, <laughs> the elasticity determinator, I'll just say for a name, that's a stretch. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I'm going to never stop. You'll never stop me. You'll have to kill me first. Uh, gladly. Yeah, well. Jeez. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the damage he did. Okay. So, how many people did Holmes actually kill? Well, estimates helpfully range from 20 to 200 people. Holy shit. <laughs> Nobody knows for sure. He apparently lured victims to his mansion by advertising hotel rooms for the World's Fair. Ah. He also would hire young women quite often, too. What an asshole. Yeah, he's a thorough asshole. Ah. Thoroughly asshole-ish. Um, like, John Dillinger doesn't even compare, but he still has a cool story. Oh, well, yeah, let's, let's hear about it. Yeah, let's, let's go on to John Dillinger, huh? Do you want to take a break, or...? Uh, no. Let's just keep Let's going. Let's go on. Yeah. Let's do it. So, Dillinger, uh, remember, had just um, abandoned the Navy. Mm, and yes. And he is going to Mooresville, Indiana, where he meets and marries a woman named Beryl Ethel Hovius. Mm. <laughs> uh, but they immediately ran into issues. Yeah, of course. John couldn't hold down a job. And uh, frustrated at this failure, he began to plan his first real robbery oh, geez. with a man called Ed Singleton, who uh, he met playing baseball in Martinsville. Hmm. The target was a grocer. <laughs> oh, fuck the He's grocer. getting back at his dad. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, the target was a grocer who had a bad habit of carrying all the money he earned in a day on his person. Uh, not a smart idea. Nope. <laughs> uh, the plan was to intercept him at the end of the workday and rob him. Uh, the weapons were a thirty two caliber pistol and a giant bolt. But... A bolt, <laughs> yes, a like a bolt of lightning. No, like like a like a screw bolt or oh, whatever. Oh gosh, like, yeah. Jeez. So Dillinger walked up behind this grocer and just clubs him over the head with the bolt. Oh wow, yeah. Get this, it didn't work. <laughs> the grocer spun around and grabbed Dillinger's gun, accidentally pulling the trigger. Okay, um, forget about what I said about grocers earlier. This grocer is a badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dillinger thought he'd actually shot him, hmm. uh, so he turned and ran away to get to the getaway car down the street, uh, but it wasn't there. Singleton had pussied out when he heard the gun go off. Ah, what a coward. Damn you, Singleton. Hmm. Uh, So, what happened? uh, In court, Dillinger was convinced to plead guilty in order to make a deal for less time, but it didn't work. They gave him 10 to 20 years at the Indiana State Reformatory in Pendleton. Yeah. Uh, But here, he joined the basketball team and started working as a seamster. (laughs) Those are two very different things. Yeah, Uh, so he's sewing and bouncing the basketball and, you know, having fun. (laughs) Uh, Sewing (coughs) basketballs, perhaps. Yeah. He was such a fast worker, too, that he would meet twice his quota in production and then help others finish their their work in return for favors. You could say he was a diligent worker. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Uh, okay, well, let's. I'm going to kill you. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to you killing me, I'm sure. Um, two of these men were Homer Van Meter and Harry Pierpont, uh, who would become fellow gangsters on the outside. They sound like gangsters. Yeah, so early on in his stay in Pendleton, Beryl and Dillinger's family would often visit, but that slacked after a while. Dillinger, nevertheless, was still crazy in love with Beryl and wrote her tons of romantic letters uh, until she divorced him. Oh. Uh, two <laughs> days before his birthday. Oh! <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> he was then denied parole the oh, same year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and his new friends in Pierpont and Van Meter uh, were transferred to Michigan City. His life is just falling down the yeah. stairs. I know. <laughs> 
Dillinger put in for a transfer, which is a thing you can do, I guess, and actually got it. Um, and he didn't join the basketball team, which is the excuse he gave. He the, said, I want to go because they have a better basketball team at Michigan City. baseball team. Does it? Oh, baseball. Yeah, he didn't join the baseball team. Okay. Uh, so he's a liar. Hmm. The nerve. <laughs> uh, while in Michigan City, uh, uh, Dillinger learned the art of robbing banks by working and planning heists with seasoned thieves. Ah, yeah, prison made, taught him nothing. Yeah. He made friends with Walter Dietrich, who uh, was an expert on banks. And hmm. Dietrich, over the course of a few months, became Dillinger's Mr. Miyagi. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, he knows all about bank vaults now. Mm-hmm. Um, There was talk of a jailbreak, but it required a man on the outside. Hmm. Dillinger was to be freed the soonest of the schemers, so he was chosen to be this man on the outside. Of course. Uh, But he got out in 1933 and met with some of Pierpont's men uh, and two women, Pearl Elliott and Mary Kinder. Uh, Dillinger smuggled several firearms into the prison inside a box of thread and the break oh, wow. <laughs> While this was going on, Dillinger got arrested at his side chick's house and oh, was geez. put in jail under the care of a sheriff named Jess Sarber. That is a sheriff's name. That is a sheriff's name. <laughs> Jess. Sheriff Jess Sarber. Uh, Pierpont, who was now on the run, heard about Dillinger's arrest and decided to rescue him. Uh, he robbed a bank just to warm up <laughs> in the same town as J- Dillinger's jailhouse and later went to the sheriff's house. Oh. Uh, they announced that they were officials from the state pen and wanted to see Dillinger. Hmm. When asked for credentials, they flashed their weapons. Uh. At this point, Sarber, being the hero he was, went for a pistol. Um, and Pierpont shot him on the spot. Ah, took the jail keys from his wife. Oh. Yeah. So then the game... The game. The game. <laughs> the game. Then the gang robbed a police armory in a battle with the cops and made off with bulletproof vests and oh, machine geez. guns. They then, Good. Yeah. Good. They then headed for Chicago to set up a hideout. Mm. The Dillinger gang robbed the commercial bank in Daleville, Indiana. And then they robbed the new Carlisle National Bank. Then Montpellier, Bluffton, <laughs> Massachusetts Avenue. It was crazy. And the takes were not small either. Huh. The gang was getting extremely famous too. Sure. Uh, the men wore black trench coats, suits, and fedoras under That's all epic. this. I know, right? <laughs> under all this, bulletproof vests. They carried Tommy guns. Nice. And the orders were always the same. Get down and nobody gets hurt. Uh, that's what my mom always told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember those days. Yeah. Some robberies were more elaborate than others, though. They posed as electricians, alarm system salesmen, even as film producers <laughs> scouting locations for a film about a bank robbery. Oh, nice. Yeah, Pierpont and Dillinger made an incredible team uh, and were viciously efficient. It sounds like it, jeez. Uh, then things started to get bad. Uh, yeah. In 1933, one of the gang members killed a police officer uh, at a car repair shop in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, this action caused the CPD to officially declare war on the gang. Yeah. They started an elite kill squad called the Dillinger Squad. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Um, shortly after this, Dillinger headed to Arizona with his girlfriend, Billy Frechette. Wait, his girlfriend was named Billy. Yep, Billy. Hmm. Okay. Billy. I think this was the one who was p- portrayed by Marion Cotillard in... in the movie. But anyway, uh, and he meets up with another gang member called Red Hamilton. Hmm. And just as they're about to leave, they realize that they don't have enough money for the trip. So Dillinger took Red and went to rob the First National Bank in East Chicago. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and things just went to hell. Uh. Dillinger walked into the bank, pulled a Thompson from a briefcase, and yelled that it was stick-up time. Not an exact quote, but oh, shoot. the bank's president then hit the burglar alarm. Mm, the and old burglar alarm. Yep, the police are coming. And they arrive. 
uh, and one officer just walks into the bank, but Dillinger points his submachine gun at him and orders him to give up his gun, and the officer does because <laughs> he ain't going to die Smart this. move. <laughs> uh, at this point, Dillinger said one of my favorite things in his long list of quotes. He pointed to his Thompson and said, you oughtn't be afraid of this thing. I ain't even sure it'll shoot. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because Thompsons were notorious for jamming at that time. Mm. Um, after they grabbed the cash, Dillinger took two hostages and walked out of the bank. A cop named O'Malley saw an opening in the human shield and shot Dillinger four oh, times. God. But the bullets just bounced right off his vest. Hmm. Um, and by the way, good for O'Malley. Nice try, really. Yeah. Um, Dillinger then shoved his hostage away and sprayed O'Malley with a burst of gunfire, oh, hitting him eight times. Ah. Yeah. So uh, another cop, <sighs> dead. Um, the robbers crossed the street with Dillinger firing the whole time for, uh, to cover them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but the escape was a short-lived reprieve. The individual members of the gang started getting picked up one at a time by the police. Okay. Uh, one at a time, they were all arrested all over the country. Dillinger was the last one being arrested in a bungalow in Arizona. I'll tell you, those Arizona bungalows will get you every mm-hmm. damn time. Yep, yep. Cops stay there all the time. Mm-hmm. So Dillinger was then flown from Tucson to Douglas, to El Paso, to Abilene, to Dallas, to Fort Worth, to Little Rock, to Memphis, to St. Louis, and finally to Midway. These flights occurred over the course of two days. He was met at the airport by an army of Chicago police and taken to Crown Point Prison. Hmm. Uh, It was deemed inescapable, but the jet-lagged Dillinger got out. How? Details are fuzzy. Some say he carved a wooden gun and painted it black with shoe polish. Others claim the prison was corrupted. Which wouldn't surprise me. It's Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So Dillinger stole the sheriff's car and crossed state lines. This finally, which is a felony, by the way. This yeah, finally got for... the attention of the FBI. Oh, shit. Back in Chicago, Dillinger starts a new gang composed of misfits and psychopaths. Oh, God. <laughs> including the infamous and hilariously named Babyface Nelson. Mm. And he does have a babyface. Go look at him, everybody. He? he looks like a baby. Is he a baby? He is a baby. Babyface Nelson He's is actually a baby. Actually a baby. He's mm. got like five other babies under the trench coat and he's like standing on their shoulders his they, pacifier's got spikes on it. <laughs> they walk real slow <laughs> they had a string of bank robberies uh during this time dillinger's girlfriend billy was arrested oh no and seeing that the fbi was close they decided to hole up in a lodge called little bohemia oh, quaintly the, named yeah but the owner of the lodge snitched and sent a letter to the fbi what yeah <laughs> a letter <laughs> Dear FBI, I miss you. Yeah. So, My pen pal. <laughs> in April, federal agents approached the lodge on foot under the cover of darkness. Okay. But the moment they got in range, they were met with a rain of gunfire. Oh. The gang escaped and killed one officer and a civilian. Oh, Many geez. others were wounded. Yeah, so these guys are like getting real violent. Yeah, know? they're breaking a few protocol rules. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Don't kill civilians. Yep. We, don't, we don't condone that. Nope. Don't kill civilians. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, after this, Dillinger was officially na- labeled public enemy number one. Mm. And there was a $10,000 bounty on his head. Yikes. Dillinger got plastic surgery to conceal his identity. Yeah. Wow. And in June, Dillinger hit his last bank, killing another officer oh, in the process. I know. He's just He just can't stop killing him now. Uh, I know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, after this, he met a man named a man. He met a woman <laughs> named Anna Sage, whose immigration Sexy. status was not a citizen. <laughs> the FBI got to her and offered permanent citizenship in exchange for information on Dillinger. So wow. she snitched. Yeah, but we'll come back to that. But I think I want to take a little break before we get to the death section. Me too. I'm sweating through my clothes. Yes, this is awful. It uh, is awful. We'll be right back. I need the 
we are back to We Talk About Dead no, People. No, uh, wait, hold on here. What? We did not resolve this issue. What What, what issue? Come on now. The issue of your girlfriend. Wh- hey, wh- what are you talking about? Uh, you do not have a girlfriend. I do have a girlfriend. That okay? is a lie. She is so Canadian. She loves to say A. Um, Look, Aaron, if you're going to lie to me, there's no way this podcast is going to work. I am not lying to you. She's real. Look, I have a picture of her. That's a stock photo. That's not... It's not a stock photo. That is clearly a stock photo. You know what? I don't want you to talk about my girlfriend like that. I think you're saying she looks stock. She does look like a stock. You take that back. Hey, put that gun down, you asshole. No, I said you take it back. No way am I taking it back. Your girlfriend is a fraud. (laughs) Holy shit. No, you started this. I'll finish it. Damn it. Stop shooting. You fucking suck at shooting. That's because my gun doesn't shoot straight. Fuck, I'm out of bullets. God damn it. You will never take me alive, James. Fistikoff, sag. Stop. Give me a chance to fight back. Stop hitting yourself, James. Stop hitting yourself. Come on. Henry Howard Holmes. Oh, wait, this is your chance. That's mine. Jeez, I don't want to get another fight. Just go. Henry Howard Holmes was forced to flee Chicago in 1894 after several, uh, what? Several, a couple? <laughs> after several, you a- can't write it. After English. several, a couple insurance companies sued him for settling his own... Fuck, James! Abort Look, this look, sentence. you punched me in my eye, okay? <laughs> if I can't read too well, just... It's not my problem, you were the one making fun of my girlfriend. Fucker. Don't even start me on that. All right. (laughs) So, insurance companies are suing him. Yeah, because he set his own building on fire in order to make some dough. Wow. In July of that same year, he was arrested for selling mortgaged goods in St. Louis. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, St. Louis. Yeah. He bailed himself out pretty fast, though, and was back on the road. During his travels, Holmes met a man by the name of Benjamin (laughs) Pitizel. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to read that as pretzel. (laughs) <laughs> Looks like pretzel. Pitizel. Benjamin Pretzel. <laughs> and the two of them came up with a little scheme. Holmes suggested that Pitizel fake Pretzel. His- <laughs> That's going to be his name. Okay. Right? All right. Holmes suggested-, uh, Holmes suggested that Pretzel fake his own suicide in order for his wife to gather $10,000 in life insurance money. Ah, uh, this is so classic, Holmes. Uh, Holmes. Uh, Holmes. Pretzel would pretend to be a chemist in Philadelphia and then do have a fatal accident in a lab explosion. <laughs> that is really kind of badass. Because there are a lot of lab explosions. Lab explosions. Wow. Um, anyway, Holmes' job was to find a real dead body, which would be shown to the pretzels. Dis- which would be shown to be the pretzels' disfigured corpse. The pretzel? It's now the pretzel. The pretzel. <laughs> so he's supposed to find a real dead body, yes. which is supposed to be pretzels' disfigured corpse. So then they can collect the life insurance money of ten thousand dollars. Got it. Okay. The plan was ready, and the boys went into action. Okay. But unfortunately for Pretzel, Holmes was a supreme asshole. Oh. Instead of finding a different body, Holmes simply decided to kill Pretzel. Oh, God. So Holmes killed Pretzel. And wow. burned him with benzene and then uh. used chloroform to fake a suicide. Yeah. So Holmes faked his own suicide? Holmes faked Pretzel's suicide. Oh, okay. But our boy didn't stop there. Oh. He collected the insurance money from Pretzel's death and then manipulated Pretzel's wife into allowing what? three of her five children to what? be given to Holmes' custody. What? I know. What? Oh, How does that happen? Oh, my God. 
No. Uh, he told her that Pretzel was still alive and was currently hiding in London. Oh, of course. If she course. ever wanted to be reunited with him, she would have to obey Holmes. Ugh. Holmes then proceeded to travel the Midwest and Canada with three of the Pretzel children, while he directed Mrs. Pretzel and the two remaining children to travel elsewhere. That is so fucked. He is an asshole. Yeah, major asshole. All of this was to avoid detection and lawsuits. Mm -hmm. But, of course, this was not enough for Holmes. He became worried that the children under his protection would tell authorities about his doings. Oh, fuck no. And, no. Uh, so to solve the potential problems, he locked Alice and Nellie Pretzel in a large uh, traveling trunk, drilled a hole in it, and filled it with toxic gas. Holy shit. Okay, Holmes, fuck you, dude. Fuck Holmes. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, nobody fuck Holmes. Nobody fucks oh. with Holmes. <laughs> uh, not even children. What a badass. Oh, jeez. Fuck this guy. He Ugh. then buried their bodies in a house he was renting. Ugh. He killed the third child, Howard, with drugs purchased from a drugstore and then disposed of the body by chopping it up with knives and then Jesus burning it. Jesus Christ! If you're not cheering for this guy's death at this point, then there is something seriously wrong with you. Yep. If he needs to I'm, die. I need to cheer. Let's cheer for his death. Woo! Let's cheer! Woo! Hooray for Holmes' death! I hope he dies real hard. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Finally, in 1894, Holmes was finally tracked down by detectives and arrested. Good. He was initially arrested for a warrant for stealing a horse in Texas. <laughs> was he ever even in Texas? Uh, I guess. Oh. Uh, but authorities quickly discovered that he had many more crimes linked to him, such okay. as killing children, oh. insurance fraud, and building a torture castle. Those are some very serious charges, James. A little bigger than stealing a horse, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 1895, Holmes was convicted for the murder of Benjamin Pretzel and three of Pretzel's... You know what? I'm going to read it as really, the right really way. Just, as, uh, he killed Benjamin Pitazel and three of Pitazel's children. Mm. Uh, during his confession, Holmes confessed to a total of 27 murders. Jesus. Oddly enough, though, some of the people who he claimed to have killed were later found alive and well. What? What? So, as estimates as to how many people Holmes actually killed range from 20 to 200, as stated earlier. Wow. <laughs> we don't really know. Ugh. For his crimes, Holmes was issued the death penalty by hanging. Yay! Although he was approached by several priests while in prison, Holmes refused to repent. He made the claim that he was possessed by Satan himself. Holmes infamously said, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. For fuck's sake. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into this world. And he has been with me since. Oh, Christ. Holmes remained calm and resolved until his execution. He was hanged on May 27th, 1896. It took approximately 20 minutes for Holmes to die after he was dropped on the noose. I hope those were the most Serves painful the 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. well. As for the fate of Holmes' castle, it too met a violent end. In Good. 1895, a fire ravaged the building and destroyed much of the interior. <laughs> too bad Holmes wasn't around to collect that insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it is speculated that his fire was caused by arsonists in order to keep the building from becoming an evil tourist attraction. Actually, that's probably <laughs> not, probably not far off. Because <laughs> people would go to that. They would. People we are fuck. Yeah. People are fuck? Especially Chicago I said people. people are fuck. I meant to say people are fuckheads. That's Close enough. Yeah. What was left of the building was torn down in 1935, and a post office now stands in its place. <laughs> so another torture castle. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, how about we move into John Dillinger's death? Let's do it. Okay, so... Dillinger went to a movie with Anna Sage and Marlboro. Not 
Marlboro. The cigarette? No, it's Marlboro. Oh. Uh, outside, FBI agents waited for him. Well, I hope the movie was good, at least. I didn't even look up what he was watching. I should have done that. Probably uh, Ice Age. A man named Agent Purvis, um, or Christian Bale, <laughs> was the man leading the arrest. Okay. He lit up a cigar as Dillinger exited the theater. Uh, this was a signal for his compatriots to move in. Purvis drew a gun and shouted, Stick him up, Johnny! We have you surrounded! That's <laughs> so... 30s police. I know. I, I know. <laughs> uh, Dillinger... Uh, wait, 30s or 20s? What I don't remember. This? I don't fucking know. That was a total guess. Yeah. T- Dillinger took off, drew a pistol, and ducked into an alley. He was met with gunfire. A fatal shot entered the back of Dillinger's neck, severed his second vertebra, and exited below his left eye. Jeez. A crowd formed, and people were uh, dipping handkerchiefs in his blood for souvenirs. Oh, come on, people. Uh, 15,000 people viewed his body at the morgue. Holy shit. I know. 15,000 people. I know. That was more than at Obama's coronation. Whoa. (laughs) Coronation? Coronation? It was a coronation, James. (laughs) We haven't been free since George W. Bush. (laughs) King Obama. (laughs) Okay, we should stop making those jokes, because people are going to make Take that seriously. <laughs> we're not serious, people. Uh, yes, we're not serious. Um, send your hate mail to we talk about dead people at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> we'll uh, ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was buried, Gillinger, this is. Uh-huh. He was buried in Crown Hill Cemetery under four layers of concrete and steel. Oh, His headstone had to be replaced several times because people were chipping off pieces for themselves. <laughs> and a long standing tradition at the cemetery, and I've been here, I've seen his grave. Oh, wow. Uh, people throw pennies on Dillinger's headstone as a way of paying tribute to one of the world's most efficient. Bank robbers. So that's kind of like a last fuck you, or I, I don't know, I don't know. Or is it like a, I, we respect you? I, I think I, I don't know. People in Indiana kind of are proud that Dillinger was in it. Well, he, he, I don't know. He sounds kind of like a Robin Hood figure if Robin Hood didn't give back to the poor. And that's how he was portrayed yeah. in the press until he started shooting cops, yeah, and then it was like, yeah, okay. Well. Let's shut down the history lab and go see the sun again. And please turn off the lights this time. You always forget to turn off the lights. Fine. And the energy bill has been crazy. Yeah, well, I'm not paying the bills. You're paying the bills. Wait, I'm not. Wait, who's paying the bills? I thought you were. I thought you were. Shit. Uh, let's get on that. Let's get on that. Right. <laughs> well, let's head upstairs. Yeah, let's get on the elevator. Nothing can stop me. Soon I will crush them with academic might and show the world the frauds they really are. Institutional, incredible, historical information will be avenged. <laughs> what are you going to do with the rest of your day, James? Uh, I don't know. Smoke a pack of cigarettes and get drunk? Get a job. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, I am going to visit my girlfriend, who totally exists. Yeah. You know what? Fine, man. Whatever. Just make sure you put away the microphone so Pickles can't get to it. Mm, fuck that cat. Fuck that cat. Mm. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did and would like to help support what we do and also help us keep the lights on, please find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash we talk about dead people uh, and throw us a few bucks. It really helps. Uh, but if you're poor like us, just leave a comment or a rating and tell your friends about the show. We love our listeners. And I get it. Being poor is not fun because I am poor, which is why I'm a podcaster. <laughs> we, <are poor. laughs> uh, we love, love our listeners, though. 
Uh, not in that way. Not unless you're hot. Uh, feel oh, free to send all your hate mail, show requests, etc. to we talk about dead people podcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter under the handle we talk about dead people. With all that out of the way, we're going to bring episode two to close and go rob a murder castle. Hooray! Yay! Thank you.